Good morning. It's good to have you guys here. Nice, beautiful, sunshiny day outside. I'm glad you guys found the time to come in here and be part of Freedom Ridge, a part of the service today. Uh, when, when you came in, you were handed a program, and in that program, there's a couple things I want to point out to you. One, there's a blue sheet in there. It's, a, it's called a PR sheet. If you could just take that out and fill out the front of it sometime during the service, we would appreciate that. It's just our way of knowing who you are and a good way for you to communicate with us. And um, we promise we won't do anything weird with your information. It's just a good way for, like I said, for you to communicate with us. So fill that out if you would, and then keep, keep it handy because we'll talk about some of the stuff on the back side of the sheet towards the end of the message time. Uh, another thing that is in there also, it's a white sheet of paper. It's called a listening guide, and it's something that uh, we provide for you to go through and to take notes as we go through the message and if you choose to take notes, you can, you can do that. It's got all the verses on there that we'll be using. And then that way you can take it home with you and look back at it and refer to it later on if you'd like to do that. So what we're going to do is we're going to jump right into the message. So if you want to go ahead and get your listening guide out, let's go ahead and talk about this. We've been, we're continuing our series on forgiveness. And today we're asking the question, is forgiveness really forever? Is forgiveness really something that lasts forever? And the answer to that question is yes. It does last forever, so we can just pray now and we can all go home. Get an early, early start on lunch today. But before we do that, I'm, we're not really going to do that. We're going to explore this a little bit and see that there's some markers in our life, some spiritual trail markers that we have in our life that will help us as we go along and we see these, that will help us to realize that God's forgiveness is true, it, it, it is real, and it is something that lasts forever as we're growing in our life. Last week we talked about how do we forgive other people, and we talked about holding grudges. And if you missed it or missed any of these on the, in this series on forgiveness, we've got the podcast back up. I've had some technical difficulties, but we've got the podcast going again. You can, you can see that online and just go there and click on uh, listen online. And you can listen to all the messages from this series. But last week we talked about holding grudges, about forgiving other people. And if you decided last week to forgive somebody, which I hope that you did do that, Chances are there's going to be somebody else coming along that's going to hurt you and you're going to have to forgive them and you're going to have to decide not to hold a grudge against them and you're just going to have to forgive them because we are humans. We are human beings and we are limited individuals and we offer limited forgiveness. God's forgiveness is not limited. Okay, God's forgiveness is free and it is complete. Now, some of the questions that people ask, some of the spiritual questions that people ask are questions like this. How can I know that I have an eternal relationship with God? How can I be sure that I'm going to go to heaven when I die? How can I know that I am saved? Now, one of the things that God wants us to know as Jesus followers is that if you are in Jesus, you are forgiven. Let's look at 1 John chapter 5, verse 13. It says, I write this to you who believe in the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. So this verse is saying God wants you to know that you can have eternal life, that, that, that you have that. Now, a few weeks ago when we kicked this series off, we talked about eternal life. And when you think about eternal life, we, you know, we 
naturally think about the quantity of life because it's eternal life and it goes on forever and ever and it lasts for eternity. But the word eternal life means much more than just quantity. It also describes quality of life. Okay, it's a life that matters. It's a life of significance. It's a life of peace and joy. And when you and I, like the prodigal son or the prodigal daughter, which we talked about that a few weeks ago, when we decide to return home to God the Father, He gives us His forgiveness. Now, if you don't have a handle on this, it can kind of make you feel a little less than when it comes to being a Jesus follower, and it can hurt your relationship with God, your fellowship with Him, and it can definitely hinder your ability to forgive other people. The problem is not with God's forgiveness. The problem is with our feeling forgiven by God. So there's a couple things we can do about this that will help us to feel the forgiveness of God and to realize that in our life and to keep us healthy in our spiritual lives. And the first thing on your listening guide, the first thing that we got to do is admit my sins frequently. Got to admit these things on a regular basis. Another word, a more churchy word, confess. We got to confess those things to God. And there's a lot of misunderstanding about what confession is. The Bible teaches us that confession is a conversation between us and God. Somehow in our day, we make confession something that we go to, something that we partake in. Now, some, some people even believe that if you don't confess all of your sins, you know, the second right before you die, that you're in deep doo-doo, okay? You're, you're in big trouble if you don't do that. Just because you place your life in Jesus doesn't mean you are perfect, as a matter of fact, Jesus followers aren't perfect. You've heard that phrase, you know, Jesus followers, they are forgiven. They're not perfect. We continue to sin. You know, we continue to mess up. We continue to screw up and do all these things. But when we sin, that doesn't take us out of the category of being a Jesus follower. But sin does have consequences. There's things that come along with that. And what sin does is it damages the everyday fellowship that we can have and enjoy with God. So God calls upon us to confess our sins, to lay these things in front of Him as a way of restoring the fellowship with Him. It has nothing to do with the relationship, because in Jesus, that's solid. I mean, that is there, but it has everything to do with the fellowship. That's why in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, it strongly states our need to confess. It says, if we confess our sins to Him... He can be depended upon to forgive and to cleanse us from every wrong. In Jesus, the relationship is solid. The relationship is there. But we damage the fellowship with Him. We damage the fellowship with God when we sin. It clouds the fellowship between us and God. Now, some of us, we've been there. We know what that's like, don't we? I mean, we, we have experienced this. What it feels like to be in Jesus yet still feel distant from God. And what God does is He gives us this wonderful tool to restore that fellowship, and it's called confession. That's what we're talking about here. What does it mean to confess? When I confess to God, when I admit my sins to God, what does this mean? Well, there's two things. When we confess, we are agreeing with God that it's bad. 
that our sin is destructive towards God's purpose in our life. We say, okay, God, I have sinned, I've messed up, and because of that, I am confessing this to you because I don't want to miss out on the quality of life that you have planned for me. That's number one. Confession is agreeing with God that it's bad. The second thing is confession is taking responsibility for our actions. We take responsibility for our actions. Now, we live in a day and age where there's absolutely no personal responsibility. It's always somebody else's fault. It's always, you know, somebody else caused it, somebody else did it. It's not my fault. I'm just, a, I'm just a victim here. But what we need to do is we need to man up and say that we aren't blaming anybody else, that it's our fault, it's our responsibility. We're not going to try to pass the buck anymore, but we're going to say, God, I did it. I'm sorry, I did it. And when we do that, we are showing God that we are interested in growing in our spiritual journey. Now, when we confess, we say, God, I'm agreeing with you that it's bad, that it is not good what I did, and I'm taking responsibility for this. I am the one that did this. And what that does, when we do that, it puts us in a position where we can grow in our faith, where we can take huge bounds in our spiritual journey. Just because you've placed your life in Jesus doesn't mean that you stop growing as a Jesus follower. Instead, one of the things God expects of us and one of the things that he desires from us is when we are in Jesus, that we continue to grow, that we continue to expand and learn. And part of this growing process is for us to confess our sins, to admit these things. We humble ourselves in front of him by, by doing this. And then what happens is he lifts us up, we're able to grow through it, and he makes us more like his son, like Jesus Christ. And that's what James chapter 4, verses 6 through 10 is all about. And let's kind of hit on this right here. It says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God. Come near to God and he will come near to you. So let me ask you this. Do you know for certain this morning that you are in Jesus? I hope you do. Let me ask you this. Are you feeling a little distant from God today? Are you feeling just a little bit distant from Him? Do you feel like God is a little far away from you? Well, so, maybe it, it's because you need to confess some things. Because there's no greater feeling that comes along when you confess and you're, you humble yourselves before God say, God, I did this, I'm taking, you know, I'm taking responsibility, and you begin to experience this verse right here that you see on the screen. And you begin to draw close to God, and God draws himself to you. And that is how we are meant to live. That's how we're meant to live right there. And this is one of the enjoyments that you and I, as Jesus followers, if you're a follower of Jesus, we get to experience this, an ongoing, vibrant relationship with God. Now, as part of this relationship with God, part of what God's trying to teach us is this next one on your listening guide, and that is to faithfully obey God as our Heavenly Father. We faithfully obey God as our Heavenly Father. Now, again, obedience, it doesn't put you in Jesus. 
Okay, obedience doesn't put you in Jesus. Obedience doesn't save you. But what obedience does, it's one of the defining characteristics of being a Jesus follower. Does that make sense? Does that make sense right there? So when you are in Jesus, what happens is you have this desire to faithfully obey your Heavenly Father. Now, let's try explaining this here for just a second. A mark of a Jesus follower is a want-to desire. We have this desire to want to. It's in our hearts to obey God. They feel bad when they don't. They feel bad when they don't obey, but they want to. They have that desire to do it. They don't always get it right. They mess up sometimes, but they want to obey God. Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 5, this is about obedience. This is about the importance of it. Let's read this. Since you've been raised to a new life with Christ, let heaven fill your thoughts. So put to death the sinful, earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual sin, impurity, lust, and shameful desires. Don't be greedy for the good things of life. Get rid of anger and rage and malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Now, what this verse is saying right here is that God is offering up some standards for us that we should live by so that we don't fall back into our old patterns, so we don't fall back into our old way of living so that we can experience the new life. And if you truly understand that God is a a loving Heavenly Father, this verse that we just read, it can come across as encouraging and motivating and empowering to us because God is calling us to live our life by a higher standard. He's got these higher standards for us. And it's not that he is out to get us. He's not watching us to see if we mess up so that he can point an accusing finger at us. He just wants us to experience the quality of life that he knows is out there and that what he desires for us as his sons and his daughters. So I want to ask you another question. Do you have this desire to obey God? Do you have the desire to obey God? If you do, you're on the right track. Okay, you're, you're going in the right direction. God doesn't just want you to endure life. God wants you to enjoy life. He wants you to enjoy it. And that sense of enjoyment is what Romans 6.14 is all about. And it says this to us. It says that sin will not be your master because you are not under law but under grace. So when you mess up, you get up and you say, God, I want to obey you more. God, I want to do what's right. And you don't fall into those negative patterns, but you understand, you know, God, he's there watching. He's there to help us. He's there trying to encourage us so that sin is no longer our master. One of the things that that God wants us to understand is that when we're in Jesus, you know, he wants us to relate to him as a heavenly father. And that's the point of 1 John 3, 1, where he says, see how much our heavenly father loves us, for he allows us to be called his children, and we really are. As Jesus followers, this is tremendous freedom right here. This idea that God, the creator of the universe, calls us, his kids. 
We are his kids. So as our Heavenly Father, he has our best interest at heart. He doesn't demand perfection from us because he knows that we can't do that, but he does want us to grow. He does want us to become obedient. Hebrews 12, verse 1, it says, Let us run with determination the race that lies before us. Let us keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, on whom our faith depends from beginning to end. We are encouraged to live this life that God has for us with determination, with perseverance. And we do this by keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus. Now, there are certain aspects or certain things that we can have in our life that will help us to grow and it will help us to keep our eyes fixed in on Jesus. And as a result of that, if we do these things, then it will help us to understand that God's forgiveness towards us really is forever and that he wants us to grow. And at Freedom Ridge, as a, you know, as a church, we believe that everybody's on a spiritual journey. Everybody is on a spiritual journey, and people are out there trying to to fill their life up with something that will give them meaning, you know, that that will give them hope in their life. And many, many people out there, they may not realize it just yet, but they're filling their life up with the wrong thing. Everyone is on a spiritual journey. Now, from the moment you arrive on this earth, you are on a spiritual journey. And so what I'd like to do now is I want to share with you some spiritual trail markers that will help you identify where you are and it'll help you identify where you need to go next. And these will help you to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. And as we go through these, you can try to figure out where you are on this, you know, on this spiritual, these spiritual trail markers and where you need to go next. Then these aren't necessarily, you know, cut and dried in a certain order. They can kind of overlap a little bit, and you can kind of start here and go back there, but they are kind of in the natural progression of things as as we go through this. And we'll start with the most basic. Obviously, the first trail marker is to accept Jesus. We need to accept Jesus, and this is displayed through baptism. And I want to explain this here. Baptism is a public profession of faith in Jesus Christ. Okay, Jesus tells us in John 14, verse 6, he says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We are saved through faith in Jesus and our acceptance of him as the Savior and the leader of our life. That is what saves us. Now, while we cannot see someone except Jesus, we can see baptism. And that's what it is for. It's a, it's a testimony. It's a visible outward sign of an inward decision. Romans chapter 6, verses 4 and 5, it gives us a pretty good word picture of what baptism is. It says, We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. If we have been united with him like this in his death, we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. Now, at Freedom Ridge, we believe that baptism, the way that the Bible teaches baptism is it's done by immersion. Because the word in the original language, it means to dip or to, to plunge. Now, some people, they've been sprinkled as babies, even, you know, even young kids, and that's great. 
Okay, that's fantastic. I don't want to take anything away from that experience and what it meant. If you look at baptism in the context of the Bible, you see when someone believed, they were baptized. Now, if you've never been baptized or you haven't been baptized by immersion but would like to, you can see me afterwards, make a note on your, on your PR sheet or something. There's a box on the back there for you to check, and we can get together and set up a time. But this, again, this in no way devalues a prior experience that, that you had. It only adds to your spiritual life. It only adds to your spiritual journey as you are growing in the knowledge of the Bible. So the first trail marker it's the foundation, and that is accepting Jesus. Then the second trail marker is devotion, and that is displayed through attendance. Devotion, which is displayed through attendance. Hebrews 10.25 says, Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another. Going to church doesn't save you. Even if you go on a rainy, cruddy day, it's not going to save you. But it will equip you. It will equip you to handle the pressures that come your way that just, just happen in life. And it will give others a chance to encourage you. And it will give you a chance to encourage others. And there's something special about meeting together like this and learning from the Bible and worshiping and singing songs together that will give you the power and a little bit of motivation or maybe a little kick in the pants sometimes that will help you get through the next week. Jesus followers understand the importance of consistently meeting together with other Jesus followers to worship God and to encourage others. Now, all through the book of Acts, you look at the book of Acts, it's the fifth book in the, in the New Testament. It talks about the history of the first church. You see there that the believers, they met together all the time. They were always meeting together. So attendance is important. And the next trail marker is partnership, and that is displayed through giving and ministry. Anyone can attend a service. Anybody can attend. But partnership, some churches call it, call it membership, we call it partnership here. It means that a person is committed to the mission and the vision of Freedom Ridge. They have made the decision to be a part to be involved in giving and participating in a ministry. In other words, partnership is not a status, but it is a commitment. Now here at Freedom Ridge, we have a partnership covenant, and it's, there's a copy of it in your program today, and you, know, you can just read over that and look, look at it and see some of the things, but it lists some qualities, some characteristics that should be displayed in the life of a partner, of a participating partner of Freedom Ridge. And we ask here that if somebody wants to officially join Freedom Ridge and become a partner, become an official partner, that they sign that sheet stating their desire, that they will try to the best of their ability to live up and display those characteristics in their life. Now, we're not going to call you up and say, okay, uh, Number four or number three or whatever, you've been lacking on this one, so you better step up or, you know, there's going to be a penalty for you. And, you know, there's, there's nothing like that. We just want to lay it out there in front of you and encourage you to do that. And it's something also that we renew on an annual basis here just to keep it fresh and to keep it in front of you. 
But if you want to be a partner in the Freedom Ridge, you, know, you can sign that sheet whenever. Some of you have already signed it, signed that, but you can sign it whenever you're ready and just drop it in the offering bag as it's passed around sometime during the service. But 1 Corinthians 12, 27, it says this. It says, Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And what I want us to get out of this is it's a team effort. It takes everyone contributing and doing their part to helping a church be successful and to be healthy. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of work to do it. Now, when it comes to giving, let's talk about giving just real quickly here. You know, it takes money to do things, and that includes, you know, operating a church. Malachi chapter 3, verses 10 through 12, it says this. It says, Bring your full tithe to the temple treasury, so there will be ample provisions in my temple. Test me in this and see if I don't open up heaven itself to you and pour out blessings beyond your wildest dreams. God wants us to give of our resources. We've talked about this in the past, and a lot of you give, and you give very well, and you know, God is pleased with that. God is pleased, and we'll talk about this more in the future, but this is all we're going to hit on it today. All right. Fourth one, fourth spiritual trail marker, is connection and growth, and this is displayed through life groups and worship. You can't go through life as a Lone Ranger Christian. Because guess what? There's no such thing. It doesn't exist. We have to have people around us, no matter how much of a loner you are, you've got to have somebody around you who can encourage you, who you can connect with, get encouragement from them, and maybe every now and then, shoot some encouragement back to them. Romans chapter 1, verse 12 says, What I am saying is that we can encourage each other by the faith that is ours. And then chapter 12, verse 5, it says, We are all part of his one body, and each of us has different work to do. And since we are all one body in Christ, we belong to each other. And each of us needs all the others. Now, Freedom Ridge, we call our small groups, we call them life groups. And you can look in your program, you can see a current listing of the life groups that we have going on in there. Now, there's, there's just a few in there. In the future, as we grow and as we expand and as we branch out, you know, we can have specialized groups such as recovery groups or money management groups or, you know, men's group or anything, you know, any kind of group that will hit you kind of fine-tuned to what you're experiencing in your life right now. But there's some going on that you can be involved in at this particular moment. But I want us as a church to be a biblical community that is made up of small groups because that is where the connection, that is where the growth, that is where the, the togetherness can actually take place. Now, I got to tell you, I have fun at the groups. Just talking, you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised and amazed at some of the conversations that we have that go on at these life groups, but, you know, it's fun, and it's good, it's good to be a part of those and just to get to know each other better. Worship is another area where we can experience personal growth. When you let down your guard, when you, when you let that guard down and you come before your Creator in a worshipful attitude, something happens inside of you. And you are able to grow closer to Jesus. Psalm chapter 5, verse 7, it says, Because of your unfailing love, I can enter your house 
with deepest awe, I will worship at your temple. We were made to worship God. Then the last trail marker, number five, is reaching out, and this is displayed through micro-missions. You don't have to go to the deepest jungles of Africa, although that is really cool and that is a really worthy cause. You can be involved in micro-missions right here in your everyday life. Let's look at Colossians chapter 4, verse 5. This is our suggested memory verse for the week. If you want to memorize a verse, this is the one we're suggesting. This tells us here, it says, Be wise in how you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Now, I want you to underline a phrase in that verse. Underline the part, that last part there, make the most of every opportunity. Every time you go on a short-term mission trip or you do service projects in the area here or you serve someone in your neighborhood or you serve someone here at church or at your job or even the simple act of bringing someone to Freedom Ridge with you on a Sunday morning, if you do any of that kind of stuff, you are taking part in a micro-mission. You don't have to wait for the church to do something. Okay, a few weeks ago, we did do the Freedom Ridge Gives Back. There's information about that in your program with the website and all that good stuff on there. So you can, you can look at that, and or we gave back the week's worth of offering to give to everybody so they can go out and share the love of Jesus with the people out there. So as a church, we're, we're trying to help you. You know, we're trying, trying to, you know, kind of give you a little, little kickstart on that, a little jump start. First, First Corinthians 10, verse 31. By the way, if you haven't looked at that website, you need to go look at it, freedomridgegivesback.tv, and read some of the stories on there. And I know not all of them's up there yet. Some of them still need to be put up there. First Corinthians 10, 31. It says, Whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. When you reach out to someone in order to show them the love of Jesus, to demonstrate the love of Jesus to them, you're taking part in a micro-mission. Whenever you do that on an individual basis, as part of the church, whatever, you're taking part in a micro-mission. In an earlier message of this series, you know, we talked about the prodigal son. If you're familiar with the story, you know the prodigal son. He came home. His father was so happy that his son had come home that he went out and he killed the fatted calf and they had a big feast that night. Now, sometimes I read that story or I, I hear that story and I think about my own life and I think about, you know, there's been, <laughs> there's been times where, you know, I've strayed and I've come home to God and God, he goes out and he gets the fatted calf and he kills the fatted calf and we have a big party and we celebrate and then I stray again. Then I come back and he gets the fatted calf, he kills the fatted calf, we have a party, we celebrate and then I stray again starting to get feel sorry for the fatted calf <laughs> I feel I feel real sorry for him but God forgives us his forgiveness is complete his forgiveness is eternal and let's look at this next verse Romans 8 verses 37 through 39 it says in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us for I am convinced that neither death nor life neither angels nor demons Neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation 
will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You saw that verse, okay? You, You just heard me read it. This is powerful stuff here. This is a good verse right here. God gives us the power to overcome these things that are hindering our fellowship with him. He gives us the power to overcome these things. So today, I want to invite you, I want to challenge you, I want to encourage you to take action on what we just talked about. What spiritual trail marker are you at in your spiritual journey? Matter of fact, that's one of the questions on the back of your PR sheet under My Next Steps. You might as as well go ahead and get that out, and let's look at the My Next Step questions there. But what, what, what number are you at? What marker are you at? Have you accepted Jesus yet? Have you demonstrated that through baptism? If you haven't done that yet, you need to. Maybe you've already done that. Do you show your devotion to Jesus by consistent attendance? Not so that it is a ritual, not so that it is a chore, but that it's a natural byproduct of wanting to worship with other Jesus followers. Or have you taken the next step of being, a, you know, becoming an official partner, demonstrating that through, through giving, being involved in a ministry? You know, God says that a, that a follower of Jesus without a church is like an orphan. So if you are a child of God and you have never united with his family, then you aren't getting all out of life that God wants you to get. So take that next spiritual step, signing up for partnership. Now, that's, that's hard. It requires a little more commitment. You know, it requires a, a, a little more of you. Sometimes it could require a lot more of you. But it's a natural progression in the spiritual journey. Are you connected? Are you connected and growing by being involved in a group, in a life group, If you're not, you're cheating yourself, you're cheating other people. Are you involved in that? Are you involved in coming before God in honest worship? Again, this is just a natural progression, but it's the next step that we need to take. Are you reaching out? Are you reaching out to people? Do you share with others what you have learned here or what you learn in your own readings? Or do you, and share with them about the love of Jesus, or do you just keep it all to yourself? I'm going to be selfish. I'm going to keep it all to me. Now, I don't want to tell anybody else about it. And in essence, what we're doing is we're not caring about others. Reaching out to others is a great way for us to feel and to experience the love and the forgiveness of Jesus. And if, how will other people experience that if we don't share it? Now, what's going to happen then? So where are you at in your spiritual journey? Where, where are you at there? Now, what trail marker best describes your position? My encouragement to you today is this. Stop beating yourself up for the imperfections that are in your life and understand that God loves you and God wants to forgive you and then accept His forgiveness and do your best to faithfully obey Him. Now, you're already on a spiritual journey. Everybody is, whether they realize it or not. 
<laughs> we're all on a spiritual journey. Where are you at? Where are you at? Do your best to fix your eyes on Jesus and then progress to the next step. So answer those questions. On the back of your PR sheet, apply what we've talked about today, and let's pray. God, we thank you that you forgive us completely, that you forgive us freely, that you're watching over us, and that you're there offering that to us. And so, God, we just come before you right now just asking that you help us to not take your forgiveness for granted, but to know that the forgiveness that you offer to us is complete, it's free, and it really is forever. 